Tell them they're looking good. Sure nice to see y'all this morning. All y'all out there watching today, turn and look at whoever you're with there and say, man, I'm glad I'm with you this morning. Praise God. So come on, Tracy, make our announcements this morning. Good morning, Living Waters Church. I'm so grateful. Governor Abbott said, wide open. We can go to church. Get in there. Rub elbows. Let's do it. Amen. Praise God. I'm so happy. We're so glad to see all your beautiful faces. And for all of you out there watching, praise the Lord. If you need an offering envelope this morning, raise your hand or ushers will get you one. I want to let you know, too, out there that if you, uh, different ways to give, you can go to the waterhole.net and there's a place that says ways to give. Super easy. You can mail your checks to P.O. Box 534 Utopia, Texas, 78884. Um, and, of course, you know we have the offering envelope, the offering buckets that are going today. Um, let's see here. The plan. Did you guys read the plan last week? We're so funny, aren't we, as human beings? Just God's right there, the glory's right there in the cloud, and then we're over here going, we want something we can see. Anyway, this week, Exodus 40. Um, if you haven't watched Pastor's video, please go watch it. I mean, he, he puts time, effort, and energy into that, and he said he's like, last time it had like eight views. I'm like, no! Well, I was one of the eight. But anyway, if you go to, I think it's YouTube, if I'm right, Jake, if you go to YouTube and watch it there, you can like it and share it. Now, if you go to, I noticed when I went to the app, you can't. You can just share it from there. Okay, okay, got it. Okay. Anyway, just watch it. It's so good. And he gives you a little synopsis about what Exodus 40 is going to be. So I say Exodus 40. This is the last chapter in Exodus that we'll be doing this year. We are in week 26. Do you know what that means? We're halfway through the year. This is the end of June, y'all. Where is it going? Anyway, Exodus 40, week 26. Um, okay, I wanted to share with you guys about, so when you give to the water hole, that's your offering. And what we do is we give a dollar a day, $30 a month to support the water hole. And I wanted to give you a little idea about what we do. So today I want to tell a story about one of the widows. We, we build houses for widows. We support widows. We feed widows. Um, down in Casa Angelina, there is a Mercy Medical Clinic right there at Casa Angelina. So we have people from the villages around that come and they're treated. And so the first story that I wanted to tell you is about Marta. And Marta is a widow that we help on site at Casa Angelina. In 2004, her husband was uh, hit and killed by a semi-truck while walking to work. As a widow, she found it very hard to support herself as well as her four children. She worked in the fields making 25 casalas a day, which is around $3 U.S. dollars. Six years later, we met Marta through her cousin who worked for Casa Angelina. Shortly after, she started working for us as well, washing clothes. We were able to visit her at home, at her home, and realize that she had almost no shelter. Thanks to a team that came to Casa Angelina, we were able to build her a new home. She's been working at Casa Angelina for five years and now works in the kitchen where she is known for her amazing tortillas. And I tried to pull the picture up of her making the tortillas, but I know that Pastor's like, let's just have her ship them here because they are mouth-watering good. So good. Um, so she's known for amazing tortillas, and we are so happy for Marta because she now has a beautiful home, a better quality of life, nutritious food, and a job that allows her to spend weekends with her children. Amen? Amen. And I know that Pastor had told you a little bit about uh, 
Paula, Paula, and so I wanted to tell her, I can't say it, just, I'm not even going to try to say it one more time. Um, anyway, her mom, and due to the little ears that we have in here, I'm not even going to tell you the details about her mom, but just horrible, horrible situation. And when she was just a baby, her mom uh, would take her to the bars where she worked, like, I can't even tell you, uh, a neighbor reported the abuse that was happening, and the baby girl was rescued at 20 months old. So I think we have a little picture of her right there when she got rescued. And so she has grown up into Casa Angelina for the last 13 years. So she's 15, and she just celebrated her quinceanera. And this is her in her beautiful dress. And, and the thing that's so great about Casa Angelina is it just like we're just not feeding them, right? We're just not just trying to get them through life. No, we're teaching them how to be ladies and to have a vision for their future. Anyway, Paula would always pray for her little sister. And many years later, a young girl named Melanie was rescued from a very similar situation and brought to Casa Angelina. And it turned out that they were actually sisters. Her prayers were answered. And together, the two girls are living the very blessed and love-filled life that Casa Angelina has to offer. Amen. So I just want you to know that your money is not resting. It's not sitting in a bank account somewhere making interest. It's making interest in heaven. It's, it's increasing the quality of life for children. And so I want every not every week, but at least once a month, I want to bring a story to you and show you the difference that it's making. You're making a difference in these babies' lives. Like, who, Paula probably wouldn't even be here today if it wasn't for the rescue. Amen. And so we're so grateful that she and her sister are together. And every time, Proverbs 19, 17 says, every time you give to the poor, you make a loan to the Lord. Don't worry. You'll be repaid in full for all the good that you've done. And so I just want you to know that when you make your investment, it doesn't just go, you know, Jesus says that lay out for yourself treasures in heaven, right? But it's almost like that, um, What's it called when somebody gives and then they match it? The matching fund. So when you give, it's going to heaven and there's, it's heaping up a treasure, but it's also going out and it's rescuing orphans. Yeah. So God says, I see what you're doing and I'm laying it up here and we're using it here. Amen. Father, thank you so much for the opportunity to come into this place and worship you. And right now, we just worship you with our tithes and our offerings, and we're so grateful for the increase that you bring into our lives because you truly are the one who brings increase. And we just thank you for all the seeds that are being planted. I thank you for all the seeds that are being watered, and we just thank you for the lives that are being rescued. And I thank you for every person that's here. I speak a blessing over them. I speak an anointing on the seed that they're planting today, Lord, that it will bring back a harvest into them, that they will see it clearly and know that it is you who has touched their in Jesus' name, amen. Well, I'm certainly glad y'all are here. Y'all glad to be in church? Amen. amen. I'm glad you're here too. You know, I, I really have mixed feelings about this message this morning, so I really don't know how it's all going to come out because I really just want to tell you if they've gone too far. I've had enough. Uh, I'm ready to declare war. I see a headline this morning, Orange County is trying to change the name of the John Wayne Airport. So I'm like, now you tread on John Wayne. You've gone too far. You've pushed it. That's it. You know, call for revolution. Leave John Wayne alone. But anyway, you know, we're in a real crazy time right now. And, and I want to preach a message to you. And I, I have trouble not getting caught up because I've never wanted to preach headlines. You know, I don't want to preach, uh, you know, against this or that or whatever. That's just not what God called me to do. He called me to preach the gospel. But it's real hard nowadays 
not to get caught up in everything that's going on. So I have a message this morning. I don't know what the title should be. We'll figure it out at the end of it. Maybe it's how to walk in joy or peace in the midst of a storm or how to keep your cool or, you know, how not to become a devil. I don't know, you know, what this thing is. But, you know, I don't know about y'all, but I, 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 you know, I will admit it. You know, I'm not walking through everything that's going on and just like peace and grace and love. And, you know, I, I'm getting irritated, you know. And it doesn't take a lot to irritate me nowadays. And, and, uh, but, you know, I, I just get irritated with the whole situation. Just, just, you know, we started out 2020 and we all had high hopes. It's going to be a great year. Everything's going to go good. And then now we've, you know, just been in four months of ups and downs and fights. And, and the, you know, when you read the, I mean, we don't experience it as much around here out in the country. But I mean, when you're reading the headlines and you're looking at it, you know, and they're trying to tear down statues and they're rioting and they're doing this and, you know, and, and, and craziness going on and just anarchy and, and ruthlessness and all this is taking place. You know, it just starts to irritate me because now everything starts changing. And then they all start playing. You know, and I preach that great message about playing the game of what if. You know, you can't play what if. Well, if they come here, you know, they're going to do that. Because then you just, you end up in a turmoil. And we can't live in turmoil, Right? And so what I'm t- well, the message today is, 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 is basically I'm going to try to help you to understand, to walk through these times and not change who you are. See, I want to end up at the end of this still being a Christian. Right? I don't want to have to just throw down and go heathen on them. I want to end up being a Christian. I want to, be a, 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 I want to represent Jesus the best that I possibly can in the midst of the storm. I want to be the guy... You know, and, 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 you know, I know it's movies, but, you know, I grew, grew up watching Clint Eastwood and John Wayne and Roy Rogers and Hopalong Cassidy and all these, these, these characters in life that, you know, it was always the Clint Eastwood that stood in the midst of the gunfire, in the midst of Dylan was cool, right? He didn't, didn't freak out, didn't run. I want to be that way. I don't want to be in the midst of the storm of this life and everything's going on and be the person that freaks out, right? And I know you don't either. I want to stay here in the voice of the Holy Spirit. I want to stay walking down godliness and righteousness. Amen. So, so get your Bibles out this morning. And if you would go to the book of Romans chapter 14, and let me just kind of get into this thing and see where we go. Romans 14, 17. It says, for the kingdom of God is not in eating and drinking, but in righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. Now, righteousness, we know what righteousness is all about. You're not going to be righteous by your good works. You're not going to be righteous by, you know, everything that that you can do that has to do with you doing it. You're going to be righteous by the blood of Jesus. You either believe that Jesus Christ is the Lord and Savior of your life. You've confessed him as your Savior. You know that Jesus is, is Lord. And you know that in your heart. So therefore, it, his blood, his atoning sin, his atonement for your sin has washed your sins away. Amen? Righteousness is out of the way, all right? You're not going to be righteous except by faith and belief in Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior. Okay? And it says peace. Woo! Peace. How many of y'all woke up one morning and everything was really good? You know, I mean, you just felt good. You got up, you ate your breakfast, drank your coffee, doing whatever you're doing, sitting around there. It's just all nice and peace. Everything's looking good. And then the phone rings, right? 
He's talking about a peace here, a peace that's with you all the time, not a peace that's subject to what's going on around you. Hello? You see, the, it, it, peace is not peace unless you can have peace all the time. You can't really call it peace if it's temporal. You well, I have peace when everything's going good. No. Who wouldn't? Right? I'm talking about a peace in the midst of the storms of life. A peace that absolutely in the middle of everything going on, everything taking place, everything that's, that's craziness around us. Folks, there's some crazy stuff going on right now. And it's so easy to start playing what if and saying, oh, they're going to do this and that. And then next thing you know, you're all worked up. Next thing you're in there popping Rolades. Right? Because you got stuff all worked up. And nothing happened. All right? We're going to deal with that in just a minute. And then he says, carries it farther and says, joy. Now, here we go again. Joy. What's joy? Well, it's when, you know, it's when I'm happy. Yeah. Again, wait a minute. It's when everything goes right, huh? But Jesus promises us peace and joy, the true existence of joy in your life when everything is going wrong. How can that be? Our whole society, our whole world is set up. All of us are set up. When things are going good, we're happy. Hello? Golly, I'm preaching good. Got you back here the very first time, and man, here. But you know, the thing is, is folks, we got to find this because we're in a world of chaos right now, and you are going to be developing ulcers, walking in fear, making yourself sick. Do you know what the number one, the, listen to me, the number one cure right now for the coronavirus is? Cure. Is your own body's immunity system destroying the thing? Oh, wow. You already have everything set up that you need to defeat it. Do we have anybody talking to us about vitamins and exercise? Oh, got to get the mask on. Now, I'm not against wearing a mask, but I'm just saying that my faith's not going to be in a piece of cloth. My faith's in Jesus. All right? And I'd like to think that my body is going to kill whatever comes in it. But you cannot. Oh, man, that was good. I got to stop and back up on that one. You know, who's talking? Who's out there? Who's giving us? Why? Do, you know how we used to have a, what do they call that thing? Uh, the emergency uh, alarm, you know, that goes off. What do they call that thing, you know, that go, goes off and beeps? What? Emergency broadcast system. The emergency broadcast system, okay? Why aren't we emergency broadcast system? Everyone needs to get healthy. Why aren't they got doctors out there telling us, oh, my gosh, if you take vitamin D and vitamin C and vitamin K and vitamin D, why don't we got this stuff going out? No, it's like stay home. Stay home and do what? Stay home? Well, stay home and eat right and exercise and build your body. Strengthen yourself. <laughs> Are y'all with me? But ain't nobody government officials telling us anything like that. All right. What I'm saying to you is things aren't going to change unless you find righteousness, peace and joy in the Holy Ghost in your home, in your life every day. Because what's coming bombarding you is going to steal anything temporal that you could possibly have. So that's what I'm endeavoring to try to show you this morning. All right. 
Happiness and joy can't be based upon if everything goes right. Because then you're not going to always, you're not going to be happy. You're not going to have joy. Okay, so I want to show you the secret of this. Go to 1 John chapter 5. 1 John chapter 5, verse 14. The Apostle John shares something here that, that is really uh, amazing. Simple, yet mind-blowing. 1 John 5, 14. Now this is the confidence that we have in him. The him is capitalized. That's Jesus. This is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. Stop right there at that point. Folks, listen to me. I do not know how people who are not Christians, who don't have faith, that don't read their Bibles or don't go to church or don't listen to worship music, around, I don't know how they're making it. And obviously some of them aren't. You know, they're in the middle of just craziness. All right? But I don't know how they make it because, see, my whole existence is based upon my faith in Jesus, my faith in the word, my confidence that God will do what God said he's going to do. Isn't it amazing that right now the Christian church is under such attack? I mean, everywhere you go, everywhere you look, is close the church down, close the church down, close the church down. Man, why they don't say, they don't say nothing about close, you know, other places down. Boy, you got to get the church shut down. Man, I love it that what we're a part of throws fear in them. You know, they and them, we don't know who they are, but they're they and them who are always messing with us, right? But if the church throws fear, oh, the church, you sitting here, little humble people that worship God and talk to their God, because see, you have a confidence and a faith in God to do something for you and not in them, because your confidence and faith is in him, not they and them. And they want your confidence in them. So then they can lead you as sheep to a slaughter. But your confidence is in God. And you're saying, no, 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 I'm standing here. Folks, listen to me. Today is a day that Christians have got to stand up and stand strong that we're believers in Jesus Christ. End of story. I'm a believer in Jesus Christ. I'm not a racist. I love Jesus. Oh, don't go accusing me of something that I'm not. Because of the color of my skin, I'm Texan. Bless God, we've been here forever. And so what I'm saying to you is we got to stand strong as Christians. We're Christians and we have a faith and a belief in Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. We have a faith and belief that Psalms 91 is true. A thousand have fallen on our side, ten thousand on our right hand, but they're not come nigh us. If you just sit back and try to be the center of your world and you hold the weight of what's in the world right now, what's coming in the world and what's in the world right now, and you're trying to hold it and say, well, we're going to do okay, we're going to do okay, and that's all you're basing it upon, you're going to fall. You're going to get crushed by the weight of trials and tribulations. But if you're standing back saying, this is the confidence I have, that my God hears my prayers. Glory. Second part. And if we know that he hears us, Whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions we've asked of him. Wow. So right here, the, the devil really works overtime to get you out of sorts because he wants you to believe God doesn't answer prayer. But the truth of the matter is, it's not does God answer prayer. The truth of the matter is, do we believe 
that God answers prayer? And will we submit in our lives that He is Lord and He's got an answer? I've told y'all before that on one hand, y'all would like it if I was God. Y'all would like it. And on the other hand, you wouldn't. Okay? On like one hand, I would have let the coronavirus build up and then I would have... I would have uh, Easter Sunday service when everyone Christian took a communion, they were all instantly healed and they could no longer get the coronavirus. And everybody was trying to figure out why. And it was because of communion. That's what I did if I was God. Big show looks good. I mean, I would have pooh man fire lightnings and clouds rolling back and all kinds of stuff. Right. That's what's in our minds and our imaginations the way we do it. But then I have to submit and say, well, you know, God, that's what I do. But I know you've got a better idea. Because you're God. I have to submit to him and his, his lordship and say, I, yeah, I got to check. I'm the worker and you're the boss. And see, we don't want to do that sometimes. We want God to work everything out the way we want it to be because we forget that we're the worker and he's the boss. But. It says here, this is the confidence we have in him. So he does hear us. I mean, listen to what I'm saying here this morning to you, church. There's not a one of you that can't stop. Who's born again believer in Jesus Christ. You cannot stop and say, Father, I just come before you today and realize that the creator of the worlds is hearing your prayers. And John said, that's the source of joy. That's the source of peace. So if you've lost your joy and you've lost your peace, you've lost it because you're not believing that your prayers are heard or that your prayers are going to be answered. So let's just go. Let's just take a, a, a little bit about prayer here. So it says here at the first time, this is confident to have him that if I ask anything according to his will. OK, so that that's going to that's going to put things kind of in perspective because you see it's according to his will, not your will. His will, not your will. So you can't pray, Father, that ugly neighbor that's been messing with me, Lord, burn his house down, get him, oh, Lord, let him get leprosy or something. You can't pray that because that's not according to the will of God. Right? I mean, those prayers, I don't know how that works, but they just don't make it to the, quite to the throne or something. They, you know, they get thrown down, right? And then there's prayers that we intercede for others. You know, you're praying, Lord, let old so-and-so open up his eyes. He's going down the wrong path. Open up his eyes, help him to see. Well, that's all between that person and God. And yes, you're interceding and God's going to work that out, but he's got to work that out with the will of the person. And so it may not be going the way you are, because I know I've prayed for a lot of people that kept going downhill, but they wouldn't turn around, right? And then at some point they did, and they went through a lot of suffering, but I wish they would have turned quicker. Right? Because we could see it from our point, but they couldn't see it from theirs. But everybody has to get their own stuff straight with the Lord. Right? So those prayers, we don't, you know, we're, we're trying to pray according to the will, but we can't get involved in that because that's somebody else. Hello? You can't control people's lives. Parents, you want to control your children's lives, but the, pro the problem with it is, is you have authority, and the older they get, the less you get. So that's just the way it goes. All right. So then then there's prayers for your daily needs. All right. But then what do you need? Here we go. Well, the Bible says you can have anything you, you can believe for your level of faith. 
So then, wait a minute, your, your daily needs, you know, your needs may not be. I'm finding out the older I get, the more, the less responsibility I want and the less things I want around me. That's what I'm finding out. I don't want more, more toys because I don't want to take care of anything. I just want to just be left alone and just sit on my porch with my, you know. All right. But what I'm saying to you is you, this is this prayer. It seems simple, but there's more complicated to it. Right. But the bottom line is God wants you healed. God wants you to prosper. God wants you blessed throughout the scriptures. You can go find that. There's, it's, it's over and over and over and over and over and over and over. God wants you healthy, wealthy, and blessed. All right? Wealth can be a lot of different things besides just money, but he does want you to be able to take care of all your bills and pay everything and have money in your pocket to throw around. Do you all all agree with that? Okay, so we know that he hears us. So then if you're in need, that means you can go to God, you can stop, stop and sincerely pray, and you know that you're being heard and you know God's going to pray for it. Then why are you worrying about it? Hello? Why are you worried about it? Why are you why are you upset? Why are you biting your fingernails? Why are you troubled about it? If the God of the universe has heard your prayer and you know it, and then you know that he's going to answer your prayer, well, then really, what do you have to be upset about? There should be just a s- s- smiling face of joy. God's got it. I don't know. God's got it. Like I get irritated when things don't work right. I do. I was trying to cut. Uh, uh, a, a perfect square out of some molding and I cut four 45s, which should make a square, right? But because I live in a corrupt world, either my saw blade isn't perfectly square or, you know, something's not right because them four pieces did not go together square. They didn't work. And I got irritated and I began to shoot one of them together. You know what the nail going to shoot it? My poor God, godly sweet wife standing there trying to help me. And I put it, I said, what's wrong? And I get it, the thing was oblong. I said, it cannot work this way. I cut the 45s. It's got to be. Two 45s make a 90. It's got to work. And finally, I ripped it all apart, threw it down, and got another one, you know? Tried it again. Same thing. So I just get irritated with that. It ought to work, right? We ought to cut, be able to cut that angle, and it should work. But sometimes in life, it just doesn't. Why? Because the saw's bent. The fin- the 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 fence on the saw is maybe not square. Something's a little out of whack, right? And we have to go through more hardship. Folks, that's just the way life is. We live in a corrupt world. Things don't operate right. A battery doesn't last forever. But they seem to go dead at the most inconvenient times. <laughs> and then you begin to think that they and them have planned it. It's like me trying to send the, the plan out. Uh, on Exodus 40, I did the video, got it all done, went to send it, would not send, would not go through, would not, just would not, would not, would not. And I just said, this is ridiculous. I can't even believe I fight this thing. I said, so they and them, they're sitting up there somewhere in some office looking down at my, my deal, blocking me from sending this out to the people. I know what they're doing. They've got it. And I, it's a conspiracy against me. I can see it. And so I tried it all different ways. Couldn't do it. Gave up on it. Finally came in here today, talked to Jake, said, hey, what's wrong? You know, he looked at the phone and said, oh, we you've got this mode set wrong. And if you change that and change a couple of buttons, it went through. But how did my buttons get changed? I don't know. They and them came in at night and messed with my phone. Because surely I couldn't have just touched the wrong button. You know what I mean? 
But I'm saying these things happen. This is this fallen world we live in. This is the issues we deal with. And what happens is when you get tired, then you get grumpy. And when you get grumpy, you start believing your prayers aren't getting answered because really you just want things to go. Am I preaching good? Am I talking to y'all or are y'all not experiencing this? Do y'all live in some kind of glory land that I don't live in? Or I mean, do I need to move my address somewhere to where y'all live? Because y'all are looking at me like I don't know what I'm talking about. I've, I've realized now that when there was nobody in church, I didn't have to put up with looking at y'all's faces looking at me. I just was believing the world was out there listening, looking up there at that picture with all the faces. And I didn't see. Now I'm looking at y'all. I'm like, they don't seem to believe me. <laughs> y'all got to get with it, man. Pick it up. Y'all making me feel like I'm the only idiot that walks in this kind of stuff, man. Okay. So. Here we go. So, so the enemy knows this. The enemy knows this. Listen to me, folks. This is just like, it's not per se politics going on right now in the world, but it is the enemy trying to do whatever he can to irritate you to the highest level. And things don't make any sense. A person told me the other day about flying on an airplane, and they just flew on a recent trip. And then how they went to the airport and they uh, everybody was told to wear a mask. You got to wear a mask. Everything's a big mask. If you don't wear a mask, internal, no fly zone, boom, you're going to get hit. You're going to put on the floor. You'll never get on a plane the rest of your life. We'll take you into the back. And so they tell them, you got to have the mask, got to have a mask, got to stay six foot apart, got to stay six foot apart. Everybody staying six foot apart. They load them on the plane, sitting right beside the person that they were just supposed to sit six foot away. And everybody's got to have their mask on. You got to have their mask on until the food service is coming. Then it's okay. You can take your mask now. So then everybody's breathing out of there. And I'm like, what? Even me raising animals know that that is not a way to keep an infectious disease down. Makes no sense at all. But you do it or you'll never fly again. <laughs> so there's a war going on. It's trying to steal your peace and your joy. And the devil's coming up with all these crazy tactics and all this stuff. And we can sit back and say, that is dumb, man. That ain't going to work. And yet they're telling you, you're going to do it. Hello? So what's happening? Listen, forget about politics may be using some of this stuff. But I'm telling you, it's the enemy trying to steal your faith. It's the enemy trying to get you in fear. See, I wake up in the morning and I say, my body works in total perfection. The God you created to function. That's what I say, because the Bible said when God made me, according to Genesis 1, he made a good thing. He looked over everything he made, and he said, oh, that's good, so I'm a good thing. So I get up, and I tell my body, body, you're going to function in total perfection that God created you to function. Any virus that comes into my body, my body's immunity system is going to kill it. I take my vitamins. I exercise. I do my job while still in faith. Believe in God that he created a body that would kill coronavirus. I mean, folks, listen to me. Hear me. Even if, you, even if there's sickness involved in, and your body's fever comes up and all that stuff, it's your body killing it. Doc, can I have a, can you give me a wave over there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I got Doc over there saying, yeah, that's right. Right? It's your body killing it. So you're already equipped with the weapon you need to kill the virus. I'm pumping you up some more. i telling you something. You already got the weapon. You can kill it. Jump on you. Kill it. But if you're over there biting your fingernails and saying, oh, God, 
and you're in fear and trembling and the world's got you all in your mind running like that, that's worse for you than you could ever imagine. You cannot live in fear. And this war is going on, so they throw one thing at you, then the next thing at you, then the next thing at you, then the next thing at you. And I've never seen this like this in my life, that everything's just going so fast, building up, throwing things at the American people, trying to pull them down, and especially the church. They're scared of you. They don't want you to know that when you talk to God, he hears your prayers and that your prayers will be answered. They don't want you to know that. They want to keep you in fear. They want to keep you looking at the, at the dangling things over here, chasing squirrels and doing all that and getting upset and mad and, and over here and, and all this so that you don't do what God called you to do. Okay, go to Luke chapter 8, verse 22. Luke 8, 22. There's a story here of the disciples going across the sea with Jesus in the boat. I know you know it, but we're going to look at it. It says, I'm in Luke 8, 22. Now it happened on a certain day that he got into a boat with the disciples and he said to them, let us cross over the other side of the lake. And they launched out. And as they sailed, he fell asleep. And now a windstorm came down on the lake and they were, they were filling with water and were in jeopardy. And they came to him and awoke him saying, master, master, we are perishing. And he arose and rebuked the wind and the raging of the water, and they ceased, and there was a calm. And he said to them, where's your faith? <laughs> he said, and they said, uh, we were afraid and marveled, saying to one another, who can do the, who can this be? So here's this, these fishermen. These are professional fishermen. They're great fishermen. They're strong men. They know what they're doing. And they're, they're, they're concerned, so I'm, I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt that there was a pretty good storm going on because they thought they were going to drown. They thought that was the end of them. They weren't going to make it. And so, so they're, they're bailing water. They're bailing water. They're working to bail water. And finally somebody says, man, we're going to die. Get Jesus up. And isn't it amazing that Jesus was asleep through it all? The boat pitching and rocking and water slicing and sloshing them, bailing and screaming and squealing, saying they're going to drown. And I see this as us. When I look at this story, I see this as us today. That we're bailing water and bailing water and squealing and we're talking and thinking we're going to drown and telling somebody what to do and watch out, here comes this wave and here comes the next wave. While we should be with Jesus asleep in the back of the boat, just saying, right, the Lord's got it taken care of, it's going to be okay. I don't know how it's going to work out, Lord, but you're going to make it all work out. I can't see it, but it doesn't make any difference. See, because the thing is, we don't know what he's got in his pocket. Because the last thing they expected was Jesus to stand up and rebuke the wind and the storm and to calm the seas. They didn't have that one figured out. They probably thought, let's wake Jesus up because he has some contacts with the Father. And maybe he can, you know, talk us through this. And Jesus would have given them a pep talk. Hold on, boys. It's going to be okay. We're going to ride the storm out. God's with us. You know, giving them a little pep talk. That's what they were expecting. Not that he would just get up, wipe the sleep out of his eyes and say, what? Peace be still. Poof, storm stops. They're all like, what? So now they're more afraid of Jesus than they were the storm. But we as Christians have to be those that rise up in this day and age, and we cannot be just bailing water and freaking out and running around and, you know, doing all kinds of great. People need to have some, some godly sense put in them. And people need to have some confidence built in them. And people do need a pep talk from somebody who's believing 
godly things. And when you find your neighbor and he's freaking out and, you know, he's, he's about to, to, to run off over here that you can just say to him, hey, listen, it's going to be okay. Let me, let me show you a scripture. It says over here in 1 John 5, 14. Everything's going to be okay. God's got a plan. He's got a big plan. It's a plan that's going to go out and going to reach and touch everybody and make everything happen right. Don't get, don't get all worried. Don't get all crazy. Here, be calm. Just, just stop for a minute and listen because it'll be all right. That's what people need now. All right? Now, there's some people with an agenda out there that they just looked at their, that they're getting ready to take over. They want to take over, and I'll tell you why, because they want the money. Listen to me. Hear me good. It's always about the money. No matter what's going on, it's always about the money. All right? So, certain people are going to do all kinds of whatever. Okay? But look at, go to Luke chapter 6, verse 45. God says there's a way to weed that out. Luke 6, 45. It says, a good man out of the good treasures of his heart brings forth good, and an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart brings forth evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, his mouth speaks. If you want to know what's really in your heart, listen to what you're talking about. And if what you're hearing coming out of your mouth doesn't line up with the word of God, then you know what needs to change. You have your own litmus test to what's inside of you. It's what comes out of your mouth. So if you're saying right now, oh, what I keep finding myself saying that I have to just quit saying is I keep trying to find myself saying, man, I don't understand. I just don't understand this. I just don't understand what they're thinking. I don't understand. And I kept saying that finally the other day, I stopped and said, wait a minute. James 1, 5 says, I have godly wisdom if I ask for it. So God, give me godly wisdom so I can understand what in the world's going on. Because out of my mouth what's coming, I don't understand because I'm so blown away with what's happening. I'm, I'm a pretty simple little country naive boy. I, I tell you, I got pretty, you know, I got great values, but they're, I got them just because I thought that's what you're supposed to do, like not steal, not beat an old lady with a two by four. I mean, that, those are things that I just kind of learned as a child that you shouldn't do, that that's not proper behavior. I didn't have to get saved to know that. My father instilled that in me. Hello? You don't kill. You don't defame somebody else's property. Let's learn these things, right? So, I mean, folks, listen to me. Just stop right now and, and look at things in the world going on. Just stop for a minute and look at it and say, does this look like fruit that Jesus would bear? And if it isn't something that Jesus might would produce, then it's not of God. Because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. What's coming out of their mouths is truly what's in their heart. They may say it differently, but it's truly what's in their heart. They may candy coat it. And it may be uglier that's in their heart than what actually came out of their mouth. But listen to what people are saying, because what people say out of their mouth is what's in their heart. All right? So it is with you. Listen to what's coming around. If you're saying out of your mouth, I'm so fearful about what's going to happen. Oh, there's fear in your heart, huh? Well, you need to get rid of the fear. The only way you can get rid of the fear is address it in prayer to the Lord. Go back to 1 John 5, 14. Get confidence in him that he heard your prayer and he's going to take care of it. 
I don't know if God's going to do it or not. I don't know what God's going to do. Well, you know, you've got to go back and address that in prayer. Because you see, folks, Christianity is not just some club. Christianity is just not some, some fun thing we get to go do. This is real. Jesus is real. God is real. And I want to tell you something. There's no way in the world you'll ever convince me. You could come in here and say all kinds of stuff, but I can still have enough sense in my little country boy mentality to look outside and look at the stars and look at the trees and look at the deer, look at a, a, a doe with her fawn, look at the things that are going on and realize that we did not crash into planets and things exploded and flung into space and then out of the muck crawled some one-celled creature that turned into all of this. I mean, give me a break. You can't do anything. You cannot do anything in this world that it's not going to break. Hey, throw an extension cord down on the floor and see how many times you stumble over. It gets caught on everything that there. You will not pass anything around that extension cord. It will not catch hold of. And you're going to tell me things could fling into chaos and out of the chaos would come this? No, out of the chaos comes more chaos. I mean, man, you don't have to take me. I don't need, I don't need, you know, 10 years in a university to learn this. It just doesn't make any sense. And that God that created all of this, I get to talk to him. Woo! And he hears my prayers. He wants to talk to me. He hears my concerns. He wants to feel my pain. Jesus, it says he felt our pain so that he could pray for us. Are y'all with me? That he knows there's no infirmity, nothing you'll ever go through that he hasn't been touched with. That he can't be sensitive to your prayers and that you can go to him and you can pray. And you can sit there and have a conversation with him and talk to him and share your heart, even your fears, your concerns, your whatevers. And he's going to talk back to you. He's going to. He's going to get, get the message across to you somehow, and, and he's going to touch you. Folks, that brings peace and joy. There's nothing else on the face of the earth that will bring peace and joy but that. But listen to what's coming out of your mouth. Because what's coming out of your mouth is what's inside you've gotten sowed in your heart. And there's no way to get that out of there except address it in prayer and faith and get it out of there. Now, go to John 15, 11. Let me start wrapping this up. John 15, 11. Now Jesus speaks this. Everybody knows Jesus is not a liar. His words, John 15, 11, These things I have spoken to you that my joy may remain in you and that your joy may be full. Jesus prayed that we would have the kind of joy that he had. Now, you don't, when you read the Bible, you, you see a whole lot of Jesus' thoughts, his, his way he dealt with people, the way he, you know, handled people. You see emotion, all this. And, uh, you know, you, you, you find where Jesus wept and he wept at the tomb of Lazarus. You know, we see things like this, but you don't see, you don't really know how it all took place. If, if you are from a religious mind, you may see like Jesus, he never was funny. Like he didn't joke. Like sitting around the Passover meal would have been serious. Everything was serious. 
serious, serious. Because if you're religious, you have to be serious. No fun, no joy. But it says right there that he had joy. My joy. Well, that was only the joy that he had within inside of his heart, knowing that he was doing the will of God. Joy in humans, <coughs> excuse me. <coughs> joy in humans is Jesus expressed the same way. There's laughter. There's a smile. There's a, a countenance that goes along with happiness. Y'all with me? <coughs> well, he was serious. But I, I really kind of think that Jesus was a hoot. I really kind of think sitting at the table with Jesus that if he had joy knowing that God was going to, you know, it's all going to be taken care of. I know there were serious moments. There were moments when blood, sweat, sweat came to the sweat and blood came to the to his surface of his head. I know he was concerned and I know it's hard and I know, it, you know, understand. I, I know I understand that part, but I also believe that Jesus had joy. I believe that Jesus wasn't being burdened when when you'd look at at, at everything that was taking place in the garden. He didn't lose his joy. Because he knew that God was working out the plan. When he was going to the cross, he didn't lose his joy. Oh, he said he must have lost his joy. I mean, that would have been horrible. No, he knew he was going to win the victory. He knew he was going to the end of the cross and that God's will was going to be done. And that he was going to die on the cross and all the world had a chance to be saved and come into the kingdom. What was going through Jesus' mind while going to the cross was your face. Knowing that you were going to be sitting here someday, not be bound by alcohol, not be bound by drugs, not be bound by, by being crazy. You could be free to serve him. That's what he was going in his mind that was keeping joy, knowing the will of God was going to be fulfilled when he was going to the cross. So the pain and the affliction coming on from the outside was overcome by the joy he had on the inside, knowing God's will was going to be done. That's how he wants us to live. He wants his joy in us, knowing that, oh, yeah, well, things aren't working like I'd like them to be. Things aren't going exactly like I'd want them to be, but I just know God's going to work out a good plan in me to bring about the best thing that possible because I'm submitted to him. I've said, Lord, I want to do your will. So use me as your servant on the face of the earth to do your will, Lord. Are you all with me? You start planning it all out. Well, how could this be? Because if, if this happened and then they, they went to there and then this is going on with it, how can I get to there because I can't get, you know, and you're trying to figure all this out? Maybe it's time to lay it down before the Lord. Submit to his lordship and say, I just trust in you. I just trust in you. You're going to bring it all to pass. God, I'm in your hands. I've got joy. You know what? It may be that place of joy that heals you. Because the Bible says laughter doeth good like a medicine. That laughter doeth good like a medicine. I read an article years ago about a man who had been diagnosed with uh, cancer. I don't remember where it was or whatever was the, the situation was, but he was diagnosed with cancer. And he got hold of the scripture, the laughter doeth good like a medicine. And so he went and got every funny movie that he had ever seen in life, every crazy slapstick comedy, whatever, edited it all together on a tape and sat in there and watched this thing. And he would daily go in and put in the tape of what was going on and laugh at these things. That he did. And he just laughed and laughed and laughed. And after a certain period of time, they went back because I think he was declared terminally that, that uh, he, he wasn't going to make it through the cancer. And uh, he was healed. He was, it was gone because he did nothing but go into his room every day and laugh and roll and laugh. Now, y'all know that there's, there's nothing to laugh at in the news unless you come up with a meme or something like that. That See, I'm just learning about memes. 
Somebody sent me the other day, and I was like, a, a Mimi? What is a Mimi? So I'm learning. I'm getting in. I'm hip. Oh, they sent me one the other day, and I was just slow. I got so tickled. I got, I mean, I got gut laugh rolling. That's what I'm talking about. That's when the medicine does good. You know, the, the laughter does good like a medicine. I mean, I got tears. I couldn't talk. My gut, oh, God, it hurt. I kept watching that thing. My wife and I, we were just rolling, kicking, couldn't catch my breath. And I was like, man, if I could just get a whole bunch of those, you know, line them all up. But I'm telling you, joy will heal your soul. And Jesus said he wants you to have his joy. That means a joy that's so strong, so permanent, that even going to a cross and dying can't take it from you. All right? Now, let me show you another one. John 16, 24. John 16, 24. Until now you've asked nothing in my name. Ask that you receive that your joy may be full. So Jesus wants your prayers answered so that joy will come to you, that you'll be walking in joy. All right. You got to understand the whole gospel is set up for you to be happy. And when I see Christians and they're not happy, I just I, I don't like that. It makes me sad as a pastor because I believe that we should be what the scriptures is happiest people on the face of the earth. Why not? You can talk to God and he'll answer your prayers. Well, but he isn't doing it like I want. Well, then maybe you need to submit yourself to the will of God. Quit trying to be in charge of telling him what to do. Just know he heard your prayers and go on. Oh, if I wouldn't have done this or I wouldn't have done that. Well, just forget about it. You done did it and go on. You ain't going to go back and change the mistake. Go on. Find joy. Go laugh. Go laugh. Find something and just laugh and enjoy God and praise him. Amen? So here's my closing, closing scripture. James 1. James 1, verse 2. Now, James, he probably wasn't too popular. He was a pastor, and he probably wasn't too popular preaching this, but it's really good. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into various trials. That sounds like an oxymoron, right? That sounds like those are two opposites right there. How could they go together? How are you going to have count it joy when you fall into trials? Nobody wants trials. It should say, brethren, count it all joy when things are going perfect and you don't have any problems. But he doesn't say that. He says, count it joy when you fall into various trials. Knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience, but that word patience, it would have been a better translation to put endurance. Now, listen to this wrinkle. If we're falling apart at what's going on to the world right now, what if it was worse? What if what's going on right now is doing nothing but building endurance in us? Now, y'all know this. I've said it multiple times. I don't like to exercise. I do it because I know that it makes me healthier, all right? But I don't like it. It's like eating, eating broccoli. I don't care how much butter you, and you can even, I can't eat cheese, but you can boost to douse it in cheese to try to get the stuff down, right? But I'm just saying, it, it, it don't, it don't, I don't care for it. I don't, there's no sense eating it. Like lettuce. Man, I ain't a cow. I don't want to eat lettuce. My wife's always saying, you got to put something green in your plate. It's good for you. And I said, I don't know. Give me something else. I don't like it. I just... This stuff got no flavor. Why did they why did they invent salad dressing? So you could put it on the salad and eat the stuff, right? Uh, anyway, I'm losing my thought here. Okay. Um, how did I get over there on salad dressing? Um, what was it talking about? Broccoli. Endurance, thank you. Endurance. 
So I don't like to exercise, but I know that when you exercise, it doesn't do any good to walk at a pace that you never broke a sweat, right? Or you never got a stride. You just walk casually. You know, you may have exercised your toe, right? You have to walk at a pace that causes your body to, to you know, come under stress somehow, right? Because then that stress builds you to be stronger. Well, if your faith never gets tested, how can it get stronger? So he says right here, go ahead and count it joy to say, hey, yeah, you're stressing me right now. But you know what? When I come out of this thing, boy, I'm going to put a whoop on you. You just, I'm going to come out of this thing stronger, more powerful, able to call fire down from heaven, bless God. Because my faith is getting stressed. So we're getting in these, these places right now. You're getting stressed. It's stretching your faith. All right, it's going to build some endurance. And then he says, but let endurance have its perfect work that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. So you're going to get stronger so that your faith grows so that you come to the place you're lacking nothing. But we do have to walk through some trials. So when you get up tomorrow, or maybe it's the rest of the day today, but when you get up Monday morning and you got to go face the world, well, you need to wake up and you need to say, Lord, I want your joy today. I want to walk in joy today. I know that you have heard my prayers. I know, God, you're with me, and I'm going to face whatever comes. Trial today that comes upon me, it's going to take me and stretch me, but yet I'm going to grow in faith. And then, boy, I'm going to whoop on the devil when he sticks his head up because I have my faith is being built. That's the way it works. You're not going to get healthy if you don't exercise, and exercise causes you to be stretched, causes endurance, causes health. Your faith is not going to work unless it gets stretched. You overcome, then you're greater because your faith is greater. No other way around it, folks. So we're in a stressful time. We're going to overcome. It's time for Christians to stand up. Put their shoulders back and say, man, I'll put my face to the wind and bless God, we're going to come out of this okay. We're going to see great things happen. God, you're going to do miracles, signs and wonders. Things are going to happen around us. Lord, we're going to be blessed. The enemy's not going to win. Folks, all the scenarios that keep being, uh, you know, placed in front of me by the enemy is always he's winning, but I know the end of the book, we win. They ain't hauling me off to some concentration camp, relocation camp, re-education camp. They're not going to break me from being a Christian. And there's millions more like us that have the same faith and belief. There's a lot of people in the United States who love Jesus. Do you hear me? It's not going the other way, folks. It's not, they always want us to say, oh, it looks like Christianity is going down. No, no, no. No, 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 no. You're on the right side. God's going to do great things for you. Amen? So stand up. If we have a prayer team people here today, y'all come on down. I just want to encourage you here for just a second. Those of you out there listening and watching, I want to tell you something, man. Hear this message. Get it down in your heart. Get in faith. And you're going to see God do great things for you.
Those of you in here today, listen, we've got our prayer team down here. And, and if you need anything, anything's going on, you need some faith built with you, they're here to pray with you. Prayer to, here to strengthen your faith and join faith with you. Because God answers prayer. Just think about this. You can literally walk down here. It's like coming to a pay telephone. Some people don't know what pay telephone booths are, right? Used to be in the ancient of days, there was these things called telephone booths. And you went to them and you could call up anybody you wanted to in the telephone booth. You went up there and you shut the little booth door behind you. For those of you that have never seen a telephone booth. And make a phone call. Well, that's like you're doing up here in prayer. You can come right up here into the phone booth, make a prayer call right to heaven and get an answer. Amen? But listen to me. Go tell everybody this message. Go tell your friends, your relatives, the people around you, the ones that you know are fearful, the ones you know that are struggling. Encourage them, strengthen them, bless them. Tell them the good news that God's got it and he's in control and everything's going to be okay. Amen? That's your job. You got to get out there and tell them. Call somebody up today and tell them, say, hey, man, go get, listen to the water hole message today. Do something. Because I'm telling you, I'm tired of too much fear going on. I'm tired of too many people, you know, just, 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 just flipping out. And it's up to us to tell them. God's got it and he's going to be okay. Amen. So let me pray over you. Let me bless you as we, we leave from this service today. But remember, we're here to pray for you. Father, I just thank you today that in Jesus' mighty name, that God, you are in control, that 1 John 5, 14 and 15 are true. You said that if we would ask and pray that, God, you would hear our prayers and that you would answer our prayers, Lord, that you would take care of it because you hear it. And so, Lord, today we just come and we submit to you. We want to walk in joy. We want to walk in peace. I just de declare that any stronghold of fear is broken in Jesus' name, that today that, that, the, that we grab hold of the horns of the altar and grab hold of the peace and grab hold of joy and grab hold of righteousness today. And so, Lord, I praise you for that. I thank you for it. Lord, bless these in here. Bless those out there watching today, Lord. And I just thank you for your hand upon us as we go forth in faith in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. God bless you, and we're here to pray for you.